podcast one production. Can you talk now? Hello. I smell children. I smell a child. What movie is that from? Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it, you could also say that it's from Roald Dahl's classic, The Witches, because she says, but it's she's more like, I smell dogs droppings. And then the other one says, I smell a child. Um, are we recording? Are we ready? This is Radical Fashionism with Christian and Andy. And we're doing a podcast because what we're wearing is too good for you to look at. How are you, darling? I am perfectly adequate. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But you're looking good. You're not looking, you know, you're looking not as jaundiced as you were. I, d- I disagree. My keratinemia has actually come back. Now, being keratinemic, does that uh, entitle you to special parking privileges? I assume so, but you know that I don't know how to drive. My crippling anxiety (laughs) keeps me at bay. It's so annoying. Like, it's all the joy of looking like you have old fake tan without any of the pressure of putting it on. I mean, we've had a couple of rough weeks recently. I have been down in the dumps. Like, oh, oh, geez. She has been an uphill battle to simply fully wipe my bum. Like it every day, everything has been a struggle for me. Even today, for example, I messaged, sorry, I'm just ranting. I'm just getting some phlegm off. I messaged somebody today because I'm up for a new contract somewhere else because I hate what I'm doing right now. And I was like- Should you be saying that? Well, well, I'm not going to be there in a few months. And I was like, hey, I need you to be a, a reference for this new contract I'm up for. And she was like, oh, why do you even need a job? You're you know, always at fabulous events in designer clothes, hanging out with whoever. And I'm like, that doesn't pay bills. That's not real. Like, thank you very much. Do you think if I could have parlayed into going to parties as a career, I would be calling you, asking you to be a reference? Yeah. A lot of style, no substance. That's how I describe my life. How do you judge or critique, if you will, smooth segue into the episode, a good outfit. What's the criteria to get the Christian Wilkins tick of approval? I actually think like authenticity and how you feel in it. I always say that there's genuinely nothing more beautiful well, then a fresh ball of porridge. <laughs> after that, there's nothing more beautiful than like a woman who's like in a dress and she feels beautiful. And I definitely think that that changes my view on an outfit. When you see someone and they're like in their outfit and they're feeling hot. Yeah. You know, I definitely think they win a lot more princess points. Criticizing fashion is like criticizing anything. Those who can't do it will criticize. Those who are too scared to do it or too intellectual to do it. They're the worst. Do they you, will be the first ones to to throw the stone. Do you think that in the age of social media where people can just look at collections and immediately give their own review, there's still a place for professional fashion critics? Yeah, I think there is. I think that it is still really important. I don't know necessarily if we read critics anymore. I think that the critics have kind of been weeded out and turned into comedians, but I think there's a much bigger space, particularly in the print and even digital print uh, kind of sphere for reviews. I think it's less about criticising and it's more about reviewing, like a film. I think now as fashion houses get bigger and get more integrated with everyday existing, you're not just selling me clothes. You are really selling lifestyles. Like you're selling whole DNA packages. So 
it's no longer just eh, good or bad. It's now a full review of, you know, everything from their branding package through to the pop-up store that they all will inevitably do now to launch the collection through to the party, through to the clothes themselves. It's not just hot or not. When you look at fashion critiquing or like, you know, uh, what was in or out on the red carpet, it was something that really thrived in the 80s and 90s. And even now, the people that they seem to do it to are still those people from that era. Like very rarely do I see, you know, like a young, fresh starlet like Zendaya be like judged on what she wears because it's almost like we... We've moved past that. Yeah, our generation isn't about that well, the big kind of Ask thing. a More campaign at the last year's award season, which has continued to now, which is about asking female starlets about more than who they're wearing. Yeah. I mean, we still, like the same magazine will still be like, say that J-Lo looks bad or good in the dress, but right. they won't do that to Zendaya. She looked awful in that Versace dress at the end of the runway. She is so overrated. She's so over it. I've never understood the appeal. Whatever, that's off topic. I mean, I, I haven't seen Hustlers think- yet. Hustlers has changed a lot of people's opinions of J-Lo. Um, it, has, it has spawned I, the new feminist I campaign, Beyonce like, as, Who. As you would know, when I say overrated, I purely <laughs> refer to current artist J-Lo. R&P, film, pop diva, yeah. Film J-Lo, always phenomenal. Yeah, she's been always phenomenal. So Made Oscars. in Manhattan, Oscar. Monster-in-Law. Oscar. I'm like, pretty sure Monster-in-Law, the script was written by Bryce Courtney. Awesome. I think when judging fashion on celebrities as well, you have this huge culture now, particularly with gay men who... I guess, still have a stronghold in that kind of media industry. Like we look at the gossip columnists from the media outlets we know and all of them are um, gay, cis, white men. And we treat celebrities like sports teams. Like whereas you might really get behind the Collingwood Pies, Joe in Collingwood, we back, like for me, I back Beyonce like that. Like she's my Collingwood. So if she walked out there in a garbage bag with shit running down her legs, I would still be cheering. Someone totally needs to, like, invent, like, a gay version of fantasy football. It's, like, (laughs) fantasy red carpet. And you're like, I have Beyonce on my team. Actually, yeah, I think there's money in this. We should patent pen this. Okay, so we're doing fantasy fag football, red carpet edition. Yeah. So basically, it's like you open up the thing and you've got, like, the red Met steps or something. Yeah, yeah. And you are, like, the stylist or whatever, and you get to pick your team of, like three celebrities that you're like having on there and you get to style them. But you don't need to tell me what you're styling them in. Just who's on your team. This is going to be the question you see is like, who is worth more than who? Because like, if you're playing to win, you would just pick like Kim, Kylie. But me, who would I pick on my team? I would have Mariah. Because <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think she can walk anymore. Um, she doesn't need to walk. I when you're have, that talented, you don't need to walk. I would have Mariah... Um, Janelle Monet and Angie Stone. <laughs> Is she still wearing those frumpy, ugly hats? I found out, I told you I found out last night, she's an actress in 37 feature I film titles. I need to see every single one of them. They're all of like BET movies, but we love them. I would have Sharon Stone, Kate Moss, and Zendaya. See, now, 
this is my strategic hit. I'd have Mariah, star power, and you don't know whether she's going to be fat or skinny, so a challenge. I like to work hard. <laughs> then <laughs> Janelle Monae, because she'll just wear any crazy shit, so I yeah. can just get something out of my wardrobe really easy. I don't have to talk to PR people. And then Angie Stone, because she deserves to be elevated to the icon status she is, and I feel I like she would give me... I do think it would be fun to both Mariah and Janelle, like you had the opportunity there to just like, just see what, they would say, like, be like, and this teacup's actually a clut. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could see how far you could push it. Well, yeah. depending on the time of year for Mariah, either very far or not very far at all. Well, I mean, the closer that you are to Christmas, like, the more powerful she would be. When you're walking around day to day, picking up groceries, everybody is judging everybody on what they're wearing. And I guess most people... There is some ugly shit out there. Oh, here I'm not saying that we're Brown. like... I'm not saying that we're like immune from wearing ugly shit. In fact, we probably have a lot of it. But Jesus Christ, I see something sometimes. And I'm like, that's gone through a team of designers. Do you know what the difference is between us getting dressed and other people getting dressed? Is I think most people, when it comes to criticism, they're worried about negative criticism. So they will dress a certain way because they think it will help them avoid negative critique. Whereas with myself and you, because I know you very well, I dress to get a positive critique, but from certain people. And I don't know whether that's healthy. That's probably not like, you know, like today, as I came up the lift, I got changed in the lift. So I was wearing, because I've been on a, a job site, I was wearing a black polo shirt and black shorts. And in the lift, I stripped it off and put on a jumpsuit. I wish you were still in that. I would have <laughs> laughed so hard. Yeah. I deserve joy. So I stripped that off and instead put on a Vivian Westwood unisex jumpsuit. I must admit, my mum quite often, like, we'll be going for a walk and I'll like rock out in a mini like short kilt and she'll be like, oh my God, why are you wearing this? Why do you always feel like you need attention? And I was, I'm always like, it's not about attention. It's not about attention. Shut the fuck up. But then the other day I took her to the Jenny Key exhibit opening mm -hmm. and everyone was kind of dressed in these amazing, weird, wonderful prints. A lot of people were in Jenny Key. Everyone looked phenomenal. And she was looking around and she's like, oh my God, everyone's dressed so crazy. Everyone's like looks amazing. And I was like, does this make more sense to you now why I feel comfortable dressing the way that I do? Because these are actually the people that are in my life 24-7. Yeah, I, I don't feel yeah. like I'm particularly overly dressed. Yeah, completely. Because I, when you're around those people, you see it and it becomes your new normal. And sometimes you do forget that it is crazy. Criticizing, particularly within a fashion sphere, it's important. And I would not, I don't want to live in a world where we don't, where everybody is a special flower and every outfit is amazing. Like I think if we're going to elevate fashion to uh, like an art form with integrity or this kind of communication vehicle, then criticisms must be made. Like we, you can't put something out into the creative zeitgeist and then not have anybody dislike it. If, if, if that was the case, you would just wear a beige sack. But hopefully someone would have a problem with a beige sack. Fingers crossed. I'm sure you can count on that. What are you looking for? I'm trying to find some great critiques from Apricot Bum. I miss Apricot Bum. Have we told you about Apricot Bum? Apricot Bum is a troll. There's um, also Thick Jackson. Yeah, Thick Jackson and Apricot Bum are our two numero uno trolls. Although they've been quite quiet of recent they days. They have come back. Um, and they just used to send us messages on their fake Instagram accounts that were just awful. I'm going to read out some of... Just like one or two of their um, critiques. Yeah. Two cringeworthy nobodies who collectively have a TV personality from the Don Burke era as their greatest claim to fame, now doing this 
Wow, I bet Dickie's really proud. Well, I've always wondered what I was going to have on my tombstone, so I'm glad that they <laughs> let me know. Another um, one from them. The girl on the left. That's me in a photo. <laughs> needs a nose job before Sesame Street asked her to audition as their new 2019 Muppet. To which you replied, Do you want to come over for a Margie tomorrow night? XX. See, I thought that he'd be good to have over because he obviously had a lot of really important points and really great opportunities for you business-wise. Yeah, like I have a manager, but I'm very willing to sack him hey. if like he's not out there getting me on Sesame Street. So you see, see critiquing and that it helps you. They've got that big bird budget. <laughs> and you're already yellow. So <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, you are big bird. No, you're more of a snuffleupagus. Poodles. If you don't have legs, you can't wear high heels. And if you don't have a brain, here's a history segment. Watch closely. Welcome to the Radical Fashionism School of Fashion for the Gifted. And the not-so-gifted. I love it! Okay, so I guess from a print media standpoint, in a historical sense, fashion reviewing, I will call it, because it's not necessarily critiquing. I think critiquing has existed in new idea for as long as there's been trash tabloid media. You know, people like Princess Diana were judged on what they wore. You know, as so, as soon as we had fast turnaround news press, we started judging. But real, like, fashion, high fashion reviews started with the Collezioni magazines, which started coming out more in the 70s when Pret-a-Porter was invented. I think before that, you only had couture collections coming from houses like Dior and Chanel, where you, it was invite only. It was very exclusive. Like, it wasn't, there wasn't reviews. It wasn't until Yves Saint Laurent kind of invented ready to wear and people had access to it that we started writing about it. And it's people like Diane Breelan and even people who are still around today. Like when you think about it, Anna Wintour has been at Vogue since 1901, no, 1980 something. It's those magazines that really started reviewing properly because ready to wear hasn't existed for that long. It's only been around essentially in the consciousness since the late seventies, early eighties. So critiquing actually properly reviewing and understanding collections, we're still stumbling around in the dark now. Like, how do you judge such a subjective forum? Like, there's no formal rule to put it to. You just have those kind of magazines like Collectione, which would do the rundowns, and that kind of started in the 90s, where it would print every single picture of the collection and then talk about the designer's inspiration and what this collection means and where from the archives it comes from. There are some great writers out there, Jules Lee. I even quite like, and she does it very rarely, but whenever Grace Coddington says anything, I think it's quite poignant. And even now you have designers critiquing their own work, like John Galliano's podcast, after every Margiela collection, he now reviews his own collection. And I think like the actual formality of a timeline of when it's happening, we're still in the in the early phases. Whereas what we're going to talk about from a historical point of view or a historic person, I think has really helped shape the culture of critiquing, which I think is we're now in a culture where we are hopefully able to laugh at it more. And that is, of course, the late, great Joan Rivers. Queen of the world. God rest her soul. So, you know, she was born at the turn of the last century. 1933. Yeah. 1933. That's like World War II was in, where it was happening. No, it hadn't happened yet. Her birth name was Joan Alexandra Malinsky as well, which I just think is fab. So obviously she started out as a comedian. She was on blah, 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 Tonight Show. You know, she was a comedian for many years. Then her career went away. 
Then she, for a very long time, was the e-red carpet reporter. Yeah. So she was there on the red carpet during the era where all we really cared about were what she was wearing, like what each starlet was wearing. So she was there for a long time making fun of them to their face. And then obviously in the late 2010s became the host of the most incredible television show, I think. It was so good. It was so good. Fashion Police, which was a te- it was 45 minutes of my day just judging people's clothing. But anyway, she has had some great critiques on that show and I think really built a platform for having humour around it. And you have got your six best critiques from from Miss Rivers or yeah. her, her zingers, her as zingers. she them. Yeah. So what you should do is go to the Radical Fashionism or Podcast One Instagram page and you can look at these photos as we're telling you her zingers. Because, like, she's funny, but it's even funnier when you can see how terrible the celebrities look. Like, they look bad. Yeah. Number six. This is on Justin Bieber being the new face of Calvin Klein. Justin Bieber is going to be the new face of Calvin Klein underwear. We've gone from Marky Mark to Douchey Douche. <laughs> I mean, he's just, isn't he just the face of Calvin Klein? Like, she's tweeting it from beyond the grave. Yeah, she's that talented. That's <laughs> do you, how passionately I, do you reckon she, she would. It would not surprise me if she set up some kind of like, like timed tweets for you now could that, do that she's with dead. Hootsuite. Yeah, schedule your tweet. That's clever. Yeah. That's what you should, that's what I'm going to do. What would your tweet be from beyond the grave? You only get one. It would be my eternal thought throughout summer, which is, I shouldn't have worn silk. <laughs> anyway, number five. This is on Kim Kardashian's 2012 Halloween costume where she was dressed as a mermaid. Mm-hmm. She spent $2,000 on that wig. It's human hair from Chloe's back. The saddest <laughs> thing is that Jessica Simpson still thinks that it's she's gone as chicken of the sea. <laughs> See, that insulted so many people and yeah. so many people's style. Yeah. That, that, like, that's, it's like a triple hoop. How do you do that? Yeah. Three birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, this is on Pharrell Williams and Helen Lashahan. I think that's how you say sure. her name. Sure. At the 2014 Oscars. Uh, they look like two butch lesbians at their prom. <laughs> and they did. Is that fair to say? Number three, Reese Witherspoon at the 2014 Oh, she Globe, does look awful. To which Jones said, well, I've never seen a floor-length sports bra before. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that is before Big Little Lies money. Number two, this is on Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and Versace. Who's Rosie Huntington-Whiteley? She's a supermodel. That's okay. not what's important. She just is super hot. In Versace, the 2013 GQ Awards. This girl is hotter than a gift from Winona Ryder. <laughs> I love Winona Ryder's, like, theft jokes. Well, I, I love, love that she stole. I love that she stole from Mark Jacobs and now she's the face, face of, Mark of Mark Jacobs. Jacobs. That's genius. Yeah. Mark. Like that's like so meta. Yeah, it's way too smart for me. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, this is on Joan Collins um, at the nineteen eighty five People's Choice Awards, and it was from an unaired eighties special that was featured in the Fashion Police finale. If I want to see something old and pink with white fur around it, I just get naked and look down. <laughs> And that's ultimately why I loved Joan, because sure, she could give it to everyone, but the person that she gave it to the most was herself. So in the absence of the late, great Miss Joan Rivers, there has been a new queen established of fashion critiques. It is, and due to the sensitive nature of her uh, critiques, she has had to go underground. 
and we... She was born in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very... I can't do it. I'm, I don't watch Batman. I had a rough childhood. Um, we're going to have to go down and see her. It is a really tense security check. It is a full cavity search, and I have got some cavities. So we need to get down to, to security and get hosed down, get, get cleared so we can get in there and talk to her. Let's go see Fashion Critical. So I just want to describe what we're seeing. We're in a dark bunker. Yeah. Um, we had to go underground and we're all wearing tinfoil hats. And we can just see in, in the corner there is a there is a shadow of a person and that is a fashion critical. Yeah, it's like uh, on Crime Stoppers behind the Venetian blinds, but not like the bad Rihanna video clip which she got sued for for plagiarism. It's, it's more creepy, mm. like Ted Bundy. And there's like sort of bullseye pin boards with like toes and all the things that strings connecting yeah, yeah ideas together. But um anyway we should we should say thank you for having us um fashion critical. Thank you for having me. Well I wanna know firstly, why is it so important to you to keep your identity a secret? Well obviously a number of celebrities want me dead. Of course. <laughs> so that's the first reason. Um what do you reckon yeah. is your top celebrity that wants you dead? No, to be honest, um I have quite a few celebrity fans who are really into it and, yeah, and people yeah. who've who've messaged me and said, Can you can you Please. protect me? Yeah. Like, you know, go for gold. I mean Christian Wilkins, local Sydney celebrity, obsessed with you. No, mm-hmm. but exactly. <laughs> but people who, who can have a laugh at themselves and realise yeah. that it's not serious. Um Well your commentary is phenomenal. Basically your page, it's a Facebook page that you started how when did you start it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like uh, eight years ago, but yeah. I honestly don't. Know. Details, details. Yeah, um, no problem. And before ju- I was born, you just post all these incredible albums from big fashion events and just go to town on them. When did you become interested in celebrity fashion? The answer is I don't know. Um, I literally woke up one day. I, I, you know, when you said how long have you had Fashion Critical, and I said I don't know. I don't know how long I've had it. I don't know when it started, and I don't know why. For shits and giggles, just was like I'm going to do an album. Um, of, you know, I, I don't know yeah. what event it was and, and just, you know, kind of make comments on those. I literally don't know why. And then obviously a few people, you know, thought it was funny and started In my head it's the Lokis it. because I feel like no other event in the world inspires such strong reactions to the fashion that they see. That's it. And we really, um, we have strong feelings about our Australian mm. celebrities and I put celebrities in inverted commas because I always say we don't really have Australian celebrities. No, At not since Jeannie Little died. At That's what point right, yes. does someone become famous enough to be critiqued? Okay, that's a really interesting question because I've always said I won't critique lay people. So I won't critique someone who is just a, a person having yeah. a crack. Well, like a, when it comes to like the Brownlows and the Dallyams, you often like... That That actually is the only album of the year that makes me uncomfortable because a lot of those girls are just... Mums, wives, or, or, or you know, whoever they they don't they don't operate in the in the world of celebrity and in the influencer world, and they've literally they they probably didn't have a stylist. They went to their local hairdresser, they bought a dress, they paid for it, mm. um, and they you know it was a special night out for them. And so I'll usually just leave them out of the album, or I'll just try to say something supportive. And yep. you know, believe it or not, I'm not a monster. Um, I know you can't see me, so, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you could be a monster. I could be, but, yeah. um, but I actually do, you know. You're at least a monster with a soul. I I find it, it that is the one event that makes me uncomfortable, and, but I could never not do it because it is probably one of the most viewed 
albums it's a, of the it's, year. It, the terror, oh, the people, terror I feel seeing those those dresses. People really, I mean, people get really fired up about the wags. And and now, obviously, I mean, I'm sure this wasn't the case years ago. Yeah. Obviously, we've got some of these wags who have become very um, well-known in their own right. They have huge Instagram followings. They make their money from appearances and whatnot. They have whole teams of, you know, stylists, hair, makeup. They've got whole teams behind them. Their glam team. They've got their glam team. And so for me, I'm like, okay, that 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 tips you over the edge into where I'm, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in critiquing your look. And I want to be clear that I'm not, I try not to critique the person. Yeah. Right. But yeah, once they sort of tip over onto that level, um, then I'm like, okay, now you're fair game. At what point do you think that critiquing people's fashions becomes bullying? If you're critiquing the fashion, I don't think it's ever bullying. Fashion is a form of art. You know, you're, you're critiquing the, the stylist's choices in putting the outfit together with the accessories, with, 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 you know, all the bits and pieces. We look at the hair, we look at the makeup, we look at the, the, the choice of dress or the suit on the rare occasion that we look at men because, sorry, they're a bit boring. Mm. Um, mm. And... An art, you know, an artist makes something and you're putting it out to the public to, to say what they think and feel about it. That's that's what it is. You're allowed to critique all, all kinds of art. So for me, fashion, of course it's fair game. Um, if you start talking about the person, that's a, a different territory. Um, and I I try to be pretty careful about that, certainly as the following has gotten bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, and I, I do see people saying pretty mean things in the comments and I, I can't police everyone like to be honest i read the comments for the first sort of 10 minutes after the album loads and then i don't there's just too many and i can't do it yeah um but i think that's the line that you draw you know where you're looking at the um the object being the the dress or the shoes or the jewelry or you know how they chose to do their hair you're commenting on those artistic choices rather than that person and what they look like and things that they can't help. I also think it touches on what you were saying before, where fashion is art. It, it's to create conversation. It's it's to... And it's of- fun. It's supposed to be fun. And so, like, you know, you guys are a really good example of of playing with it and being playful with it and making, you know, crazy choices sometimes. And then and then exactly as you say, it's a talking point and it's fun and it's it's being creative and it's expressing yourself in different ways and... And who cares? Don't take it so seriously. But I hope that you make... Like, I dress like I own a magical chocolate factory. I expect I to get criticised. I you don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's not even fashion. It's just laughing. I just like laughing and and, um, and making other people laugh. And I always say I actually know very little about fashion. So it's just my opinion. You just have specific things as well, specific sayings, which have become really quite iconic to you. So give us the fashion critical vocab. Yeah, so there's a glossary of terms, which I have actually, I should publish it again, because obviously new people come to the page all the time, mm. and then they, they actually message me and they say, I'm so sorry, what does this mean? And then I always explain them. So one of the ones that is said repeatedly and is one of my favourites is should have caught the bus. <laughs> and so what that means uh, is that the person has creasing around their sort of silk area yeah. and it's probably because they were sitting down in the car or the limo because, on the way to the event. But you you got that idea from Kate Blanchett, No, right? no. I said it first oh. and then and then she got the bus, right? So would you assume that she's a fan? Well, I'm going to. I'm going yep. to. But this is what facts was amazing, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Again, you can see my memory's not great, but I'm pretty sure that I said it before that you should have, you, you need to go to the event standing up. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure not long after that, somebody sent me a picture of Kate Blanchett standing. She caught a public bus to an event. Yeah. 
And and actually now it's a thing that a lot of celebrities now go in these, you know, big black vans so they can stand up on yeah. the way to the event so that they arrive looking perfectly uncreased. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, uh, I don't really decide what catches on and what doesn't. Yeah. But there have been things over the years that that I've said and then they've sort of become part of the fashion critical vernacular. Um, so things like toes with many sort of S's at the end means that, you know, we all have feet and we all have toes and that's <laughs> life. Can't do much about it. But nobody wants to see... No, you know your toes, front toes. and center. No, yeah. and really, until you, I never appreciated how many. It's it's really women wear like strapless shoes, and the toes are just like clawing on once, for dear life. It's like one of those things. Once you see it, you, you see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when you start getting Botox, you can see everybody else who yeah. has and hasn't had it. Whereas mm. I think before you've had Botox, you can't tell. Yeah. Mm. Now you're all looking at my forehead, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you can't see because I'm in the dark. In yeah. The <laughs> yeah. So you know, obviously, wear open-toed shoes. That's absolutely fine, but. For the love of all that is holy, paint your toenails and just make sure your shoes fit you. So exactly as you're saying, yeah. that your toes aren't splaying forth because that can often give the impression that you actually have six toes. Legs at 11 miles apart. Yeah, so so something else that's quite interesting is obviously certain celebrities have poses and you'll often notice that the same celebrity will, will you know, they've obviously been told by a stylist or by somebody, this is your pose and this is how you like need Lee to Like Michelle, not that she's anywhere anymore, but when she used to be around everyone, she'd always do that same face, sort of like she just like squeezed out a little bit of a fart. A little, just a small one. Yeah. Just to sleep, yeah. I wonder so, if it was on tune. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. An A every yeah. time. <laughs> so, yeah, so then something else that bothers me a lot is when you see someone, and a man or woman, um, equal opportunity here, essentially chucking a leg spread. So close them up. Just So that's another saying, close them up, just p- bring the legs together. They don't have to be exactly together, but why are they, you know, several kilometres apart? It's just, it's <laughs> unnecessary. It's not flattering on anyone. Just don't do it. Yeah. So the next one, um, and this is a contentious one, is sound the alarm. And, you know, I will say that FC was probably slightly less politically correct in the beginning because there were three people on there, so it didn't matter. But now I must toe the line a little bit more. Now you're a pillar of the community. Indeed. And what this means is that the person looks kind of hungry and <laughs> um, and they need a cheeseburger. And so how it started was cheeseburger alarm, like somebody bring this person a cheeseburger and now it's just sound the alarm. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately there are, um, you know, people get a little, start to look a little frail if they haven't eaten in a while. And that sometimes you see that on the red carpet. And so we're just, you know, it's a community service. You know, you've made it to event day. You don't have to worry about fitting into that dress. Bring this person a cheeseburger. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another one is that somewhere (laughs) Helen from Dancing with the Stars is shivering. And what that means is that what the person is wearing is something that Helen, remember Helen from Dancing with the Stars? And she, it would often be off the shoulder, lots of diamonds and some sheer fabric. And and <laughs> it was a nude illusion that nobody needed the illusion yeah, for. Yeah, and so if someone's wearing something that looks like that, then I say, poor Helen is somewhere shivering. Someone's literally taken the dress off her and, and they're wearing it and she's freezing cold somewhere and poor Helen. So that's another one that we like. So you're obviously good at giving great, concise, intellectual, uh, soul-nourishing criticisms. Mm. How are you at taking criticisms? Would you yeah. put up a album of your outfits? hundred I feel like that I I don't know when 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 the when the day that fashion 
critical closes its doors, its editorial doors, that would be the height of how to close it. I've for me. actually thought about it before because I because I also want to show people I don't give a f- yeah, say you've got whatever laugh. you want. I don't care. I'm happy to laugh at myself and I'm happy to take the piss out of myself. And the celebrities who love fashion critical and who say critique me, critique me, they're the same. Yeah. yeah. They don't care. It's funny. But I do just think that fashion criticals become this like the, the character and, the, and what fashion critical is the bubble would be burst. And that's it. And I yeah. think when I think we've come full circle, you asked at the beginning, why is it important to be anonymous? Or did I yeah. just imagine no, that? No, no, I did ask um, that. So in the beginning, um, I just did it because- God I, created I did it. Adam and Steve. You know, I was like, this is just a little thing on the side. You know, it used to be 200 people on there and I don't want to upset my day job. And then, but then I was always like, well, one day if I start doing this for real, then I don't, I don't care if people know who I am. But then yeah. over the years- it's so become part of what is fun about it that I would never, ever ruin it. For also, you need it. to be there undercover, like a Russian spy. Indeed. This is it. Is the bus still running? Like, i got to get home. Yeah, we we got to get the 2.30 from the FC bunker home. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you, you know, you, you have to be blindfolded and you'll be escorted out mm-hmm. and it, it takes about Where is 12 Abdul? minutes to get back out into the out. air. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll be put in a car, an unmarked car, and you'll be, you know, obviously we you can't know where we're, of course. Yeah. No, not not fashion critical he- headquarters is. I mean, it's definitely more top secret than Canberra. Yeah, and I just want to say that um, I have been asked to do numerous um, things in the past, and I usually demand money and refuse refuse to do it. And then they usually say, "No, we won't pay you," and then that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I chose you guys. I selected you. We are you the chosen I, ones. You're the chosen ones. Okay, well, we need to get out of here anyway because the cell reception down here is awful and Richard is probably, like, desperate to know what's up. Hi, thanks for calling. Leave a message and I'll get right back to you. Bye. Hey, Dad. Um, is something wrong? Um... You usually just pick up a lot more than this. Um, Yeah, I'm worried about his safety now. I am too. Do we need to, like, call docs for adults? But seriously, where are you? What are you doing? Like, you you have two friends, and I'm one of them. Call me. Who's his other friend? Jin. Radical Fashionism was presented by Christian Wilkins and Andy Kelly, created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell, executive producer Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app. Just so proud of them.